0: online edition, you will see the link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course and Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9:15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're starting a new chapter, Chapter 20, the Promise of the, Rep- uh, the Promise of the Resurrection, and we'll be reading sections one, two, and three. At the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our Lesson for the Day. Oh, I see in the tones, huh? uh, Lesson for the Day, which is Lesson 223, God is my life. I have no life but his. Well, let me ask you, Lori, do you have a opening for us this morning? If you're talking, you're on mute, Lori. And if you're not, that's fine. <laughs> Okay. Well,
1: I try again. I, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm. I'm so sorry. Yes, it's a very excellent poem from Helen Schuckman in her book *The Gifts of God*. Well, the poem is *The Call of Christ*, and I just don't think there's any better opening to this chapter. We have a real relationship the Christ and I. He shines on me from every face and every flower brings his grace I call to him when I forget and he remembers and will let me have his thoughts instead of mine and in his face I see the sign of resurrection and release of perfect holiness and peace all that I see in him I see with equal certainty in me he lives in our relationship and so do I.
2: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Fantastic. Amen.
3: Yeah.
4: Amen. Thank
2: you. Perfect, Lord. For the, perfect for the lesson. Thank you, Lord.
3: Yeah.
1: And thank you, Helen.
0: Thank you, Lori. Um well I had this morning with us and reading I have Laurie, Fran, Charles, and Jessica. And Robin and Marie. Robin Mer- Are I can't you ready? Okay. Yep. And Robin oh. Marie. <laughs> because of the way I've got it written out oh, I'm sure I'll call Charles, Robin, Marie, then Jessica. And I uh, have Harrison listening. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Wendy's listening. Oh. Good morning, little
5: morning. It's Lana. I can read today. Good
0: morning, everyone. Morning, Lana. Great. And uh, welcome, Wendy. All right, I'll go ahead and get us started here. In Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection. Let's try this again. Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection. Introduction. This is Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory and the acceptance of the truth. Let us not spend this Holy Week brooding on the crucifixion of God's Son, but happily in the celebration of His release. For Easter is the sign of peace, not pain. A slain Christ has no meaning, but a risen Christ becomes the symbol of the Son of God's forgiveness of himself the sign he looks upon himself as healed and whole glory
1: chapter 20 the promise of the resurrection section 1 the introduction section 1 the introduction. <laughs> This is Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory and the acceptance of the truth. Let us not spend this Holy Week brooding on the crucifixion of God's Son, but happily in the celebration of His release. For Easter is the sign of peace, not pain. A slain Christ has no meaning, but a risen Christ becomes the symbol of the Son of God's forgiveness of himself, the sign he looks upon himself as healed and whole. Section 2, Holy Week This week begins with poems and ends with lilies. The white and holy sign, the Son of God is innocent. The white and holy sign, the Son of God is innocent. Let no dark sign of crucifixion intervene between the journey and its purpose, between the acceptance of the truth and its expression. This week we celebrate life, not death, and we honor the perfect purity of the Son of God and not his sins. Offer each other the gift of lilies, not the crown of thorns, the gift of love and not the so-called gift of fear. You stand beside each other, thorns in one hand and lilies in the other, uncertain which to give. Join now with me and throw away the thorns offering the lilies to replace them. This Easter, I would have the gift of your forgiveness offered by you to me and returned by me to you.
0: Thank you, Lori, and friends.
1: Chapter 20, The Purpose of the Resurrection, Section 2, Holy Week, Paragraph 2. This week begins with palms and ends with lilies, the white and holy sign, the Son of God is innocent. Let no dark sign of crucifixion intervene between the journey and its purpose between the acceptance of the truth and its expression. This week we celebrate life, not death, and we honor the perfect purity of the Son of God and not his sins. Offer each other the gift of lilies, not the crown of thorns, the gift of love, and not the, quote, gift of fear. You stand beside each other, thorns in one hand, lilies in the other, uncertain which to give. Join now with me and throw away the thorns, offering the lilies to replace them. This Easter, I would have the gift of your forgiveness offered by you to me and returned by me to you. Three, we cannot be united in crucifixion and in death, nor can the resurrection be complete till your forgiveness rests on Christ along with mine. A week is short. And yet this holy week is a symbol of the whole journey the Son of God has undertaken. He started with the sign of victory, the promise of the resurrection already given him. Let him not wander into the temptation of crucifixion and delay him there. Help him to go in peace beyond it with the light of his own innocence lighting his way to his redemption and release. Hold him not back with thorns and nails, when his redemption is so near. But let the whiteness of your shining gift of lilies feed him on his way to resurrection.
0: Thank you, friend, And Charles.
4: Paragraph three. We cannot be united in crucifixion. We cannot be united in crucifixion and in death, nor can the resurrection be complete to your forgiveness rests on Christ along with mine. A week is short, and yet this holy week is the symbol of the whole journey the Son of God has undertaken. He started with the sign of victory, the promise of the resurrection already given him, Let him not wander into the temptation of crucifixion and delay him there. Help him to go in peace beyond it with the light of his own innocence lighting his way to his redemption and release. Hold him not back with thorns and nails when his redemption is so near, but let this whiteness of your shining gift of lilies. Speed him on his way to resurrection. Paragraph four. Easter is not the celebration of the cost of sin, but of its end. If you see glimpses of the face of Christ behind the veil looking between the snow-white petals, of the lilies you have received and given as your gift, you will behold each other's face and recognize it. I was a stranger and you took me in, not knowing who I was, yet your gift of lilies, yet for your gift of lilies, you will know. In your forgiveness of the stranger, alien to you, and yet your ancient friend, by his release and your redemption with him. The time of Easter is that time of joy and not of mourning. Look on your risen friend and celebrate his holiness along with me, for Easter is the time of your salvation, along with mine. Amen.
0: Uh, Thank you, Charles. And Robin Marie, would you uh, read four and then section title five? Four. East.
2: Easter is not the celebration of the cost of sin, but of its end. If you see glimpses of the face of Christ behind the veil, looking between the snow white petals of the lilies, you have received and given as your gift. You will behold each other's face and recognize it. I was a stranger and you took me in, not knowing who I was. Yet for your gift of lilies, you will know. In your forgiveness of this stranger, alien to you, and yet your ancient friend, lie his release and your redemption with him. The time of Easter is a time of joy and not of mourning. Look on your risen friend and celebrate his holiness along with me. For Easter is the time of your salvation. Along with mine. Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, Section 3, Thorns and Lilies, 5. Look upon all the drink, trinkets. <clears throat> excuse me. Look upon all the trinkets made to hang upon the body, or to cover it, or for its use. See all the useless things made for its eyes to see. Think on the many offerings made for its pleasure, and remember all these were made to make seem lovely what you hate. Would you employ this hated thing to draw your brother to you and to attract his body's eyes? Learn you but offer him a crown of thorns, not recognizing it for what it is, and trying to justify your own interpretation of its value by his acceptance. It still the gift proclaims his worthlessness to you as his acceptance and delight acknowledge the lack of value he places
1: on himself.
0: Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica.
2: Yes. Um... Paragraph 5. Look upon, the, look upon all the trinkets made to hang upon the body, or to cover it, or for its use. See all the useless things made for its eyes to see. Think on the many offerings made for its pleasure, and remember all these were made to make seem lovely what you hate. Would you employ this hated thing to draw your brother to you and to attract his body's eyes? Learn you, but, learn you but offer him a crown of thorns, not recognizing it for what it is and trying to justify your own interpretation of its value by his... Oh, sorry, that was not good. Uh, the print is so small the way I have it. Learn you, but, uh, learn you but offer him a crown of thorns, not recognizing it for what it is, and trying to justify your own interpretation of its value by his acceptance. Yet still, the gift proclaims his worthlessness to you, as his acceptance and delight acknowledges the lack of value he places on himself. Okay, I have to change my orientation here so I can see better. Okay, six. Gifts are not made through bodies if they be truly given and received. For bodies can neither offer nor accept, hold out nor take. Only the mind can value, and only the mind decides on what it would receive and give. And every gift it offers depends on what it wants. It will adorn its chosen home most carefully, making it ready to receive the gifts it wants by offering them to those who come unto its chosen home or those it would attract to it. And there they will exchange their gifts, offering and receiving what their minds judge to be worthy of them. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Jessica. And Lana.
5: Okay. Six. Gifts are not made through bodies if they be truly given and received. For bodies can neither offer nor accept, hold out nor take. Only the mind can value. And only the mind (coughs) decides on what it would receive and give. And every gift it offers depends on what it wants. It will adorn its chosen home most carefully, making it ready to receive the gifts it wants by offering them to those who come unto its chosen home or those it would attract to it. And there they will exchange their gifts, offering and receiving what their minds judge to be worthy of them. 7. Each gift is an evaluation of the receiver and the giver. No one but sees in his chosen home an altar to himself. No one but seeks to draw to it the worshipers of what he placed upon it, making it worthy of their devotion. And each has set a light upon his altar that they may see what they have placed upon it and take it for their own. Here is the value that you lay upon your brother and on yourself. Here is the gift. To both, here is your gift to both, your judgment on the Son of God for what he is. Forget not that it is your Savior to whom the gift is offered. Offer him thorns, and you are crucified. Offer him lilies, and it is yourself you free.
0: Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for seven and eight?
1: Hi, LeMoyne. It's Jude. I can do it. All right.
0: Thank you, Katie.
1: Seven. Thorns and lilies. Each gift is an evaluation of the receiver and the giver. No one but his chosen home, an altar to himself. No one but seeks to draw to it the worshipers of what he placed upon it, making it worthy of their devotion. And each light has set a light, excuse me, oh boy, I lost my place, and each has set a light upon his altar that they may see what he has placed upon it and take it for their own. Here is the value that you lay upon your brother and on yourself. Here is your gift to both, your judgment on the Son of God for what he is. Forget not that it is your Savior to whom the gift is offered. Offer him thorns and you are crucified. Offer him lilies and it is yourself you free. Eight. I have great need for lilies, for the Son of God has not forgiven me. And can I offer him forgiveness when he offers thorns to me? For he who offers thorns to anyone is against me still, and who is whole without him. Be you his friend for me, that I may be forgiven. And that you may look upon the Son of God as whole. But look you first upon the altar in your chosen home and see what you have laid upon it to offer me. If it be thorns whose points gleam sharply in a blood red light, the body is your chosen home, and it is separation. That you offer me. And yet the thorns are gone. Look you still closer at them now, and you will see your altar is no longer what it was.
0: Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for eight and nine?
6: This is Sandra. I can read. Great. Thanks, Sandra. Eight. I have great need for lilies, for the Son of God has not forgotten me. And can I offer him forgiveness when he offers thorns to me? For he who offers thorns to anyone is against me still, and who is whole without him? Be you his friend for me, that I may be forgiven, and you may look upon the Son of God as whole. But look you first upon the altar in your chosen home, and see what you have laid upon it to offer me. If it be thorns, whose points gleam sharply in a blood-red light, the body is your chosen home, and it is separation that you offer me. And yet the thorns are gone. Look you still closer at them now and you will see your altar is no longer what it was. Nine. You look still with the body's eyes and they can see but thorns. Yet you have asked for and received another sight. Those who accept the Holy Spirit's purpose as their own share also His vision. And what enables him to see his purpose shine forth from every altar now is yours as well as his. He sees no strangers, only dearly loved and loving friends. He sees no thorns, but only lilies gleaming in the gentle glow of peace that shines on everything he looks upon and loves.
0: Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for nine and ten? Another new reader for nine and ten? Okay, back to you, Lori.
1: Nine. You look still with body's eyes and see but thorns. Yet you have asked for and received another sight. Those who accept the Holy Spirit's purpose as their own share also his vision, and what enables him to see his purpose shine forth from every altar now is yours as well as his. He sees no strangers only dearly loved and loving friends. He sees no thorns, but only lilies gleaming in the gentle glow of peace that shines on everything he looks upon and loves. 10. This Easter, look with different eyes upon each other. You have forgiven me, and yet I cannot use your gift of lilies while you see them not nor can you use what I have given, unless you share it. The Holy Spirit's vision is no idle gift, no plaything to be tossed about a while and laid aside. Listen and hear this carefully, nor think it but a dream, a careless thought to play with, or a toy you would pick up from time to time and then put away. For if you do, so will it be to you.
0: Thank you, Lori. Friend.
1: Ten. <clears throat> this Easter, look with different eyes upon each other. You have forgiven me, and yet I cannot use your gift of lilies while you see them not, nor can you use what I have given unless you share it. The Holy Spirit's vision is no idle gift, no plaything to be tossed about a while and laid aside. Listen and hear this carefully nor think it but a dream, a careless thought to play with, or a toy you would pick up from time to time and then put by. For if you do, so will it be to you. 11. You have the vision now to look past all illusions. It has been given you to see no thorns, no strangers, and no obstacles to peace. The fear of God is nothing to you now. Who is afraid to look upon illusions? knowing his Savior stands beside him. With him, your vision has become the greatest power for the undoing of illusion that God himself could give. For what God gave the Holy Spirit, you have received. The Son of God looks unto you for his release. For you have asked for and been given the strength to look upon this final obstacle and see no thorns nor nails, To crucify the Son of God and crown him king of death. Your chosen home is on the other side, beyond the veil. It has been carefully prepared for you, and it is ready to receive you now. You will not see it with the body's eyes, yet all you need you have.
0: Thank you, Fran and
4: Carl. You have the vision now to look past all illusions. It has been given you to see no thorns, no strangers, and no obstacles to peace. The fear of God is nothing to you now. Who is afraid to look upon illusions, knowing his Savior stands beside him? With him, your vision has become the greatest power, the undoing of illusion that God himself could give. For what God gave the Holy Spirit, you have received. The Son of God looks unto you for his release. For you have asked for and been given the strength to look upon this final obstacle and see no thorns nor nails to crucify the Son of God and crown him king of death. Your chosen home is on the other side, beyond the veil. It has been carefully prepared for you and it is ready to receive you now. You will not see it with the body's eyes, yet all you need, you have. Your home has called you, called to you since time began nor have you ever failed entirely to hear. You heard but knew not how to look nor where. And now you know. In you the knowledge lies, ready to be unveiled and freed from all the terror that kept it hidden. There is no fear in love. The Song of Easter is the glad refrain, the Son of God was never crucified. Let us lift up our eyes together, not in fear but faith, and there will be no fear in us, for in our vision will be no illusions, only a pathway to the open door of heaven, the home we share in quietness. And where we live in gentleness and peace as one together.
0: Thank you, Toro, and Robin Marie.
2: Twelve. Your home has called to you since time began, nor have you ever failed entirely to hear. You heard but knew not how to look, nor where. And now you know. In you the knowledge lies, ready to be unveiled and freed from all the terror that kept it hidden. There is no fear in love. The song of Easter is the glad refrain the Son of God was never crucified. Let us lift up our eyes together, not in fear. But faith, and there will be and there will be no fear in us, for in our vision will be no illusions, only a pathway to the open door of heaven, the home we share in quietness, and where we live in gentleness and peace as one together. thirteen. Would you not have your holy brother lead you there? His innocence will light your way, offering you its guiding light and sure protection and shining from the holy altar within him where you laid the lilies of forgiveness. Let him be to you the Savior from illusions and look on him with a new vision that looks upon the lilies and brings you joy. We go beyond the veil of fear lighting each other's way. The holiness that leads us is within us, as is our home. So will we find what we were meant to find by him who leads us.
0: Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica? <clears throat> 13.
2: 13. Would you not have your holy brother lead you... Well, let me read the sentence before, I guess. Um, And there will be no fear in us, for in our vision will be no illusion, only a pathway to the open door of heaven, the home we share in quietness and where we live in gentleness and peace as one together. Would you not have your holy brother lead you there? His innocence will light your way, offering you its guiding light and sure protection and shining from the holy altar within him where you laid the lilies of forgiveness. Let him be to you the savior from illusions and look on him with the new vision that looks upon the lilies and brings you joy. We go, we go beyond the veil of fear, lighting each other's way. The holiness that leads us is within us, as is our home. So will we find what we were meant to find by him who leads us. Fourteen: This is the way to heaven and to peace and to the peace of Easter, in which we join in glad awareness that the Son of God is risen from the past and has awakened to the present. Now is he free, unlimited in his communion with all that is within him. Now are the lilies of his innocence untouched by guilt and perfectly protected from the cold chill of fear and withering blight of sin alike. Your gift has saved him from the thorns and nails, and his strong arm is free to guide you safely through them and beyond. Walk with him now, rejoicing, for the Savior from illusions has come to greet you and lead you home with him.
0: Thank you, Jessica. And Lana.
2: 14, this
5: is the way to heaven and to the peace of Easter in which we join in glad awareness that the Son of God is risen from the past and has awakened to the present. Now is he free, unlimited in his communion with all that is within him. Now are the lilies of his innocence, untouched by guilt and perfectly protected from the cold chill of fear and withering blight of sin alike. Your gift has saved him from the thorns and nails, and his strong arm is free to guide you safely through them and beyond. Walk with him now rejoicing. For the Savior from illusions has come to greet you and lead you home with him. 15. Here is your Savior and your friend released from crucifixion through your vision and free to lead you now where he would be. He will not leave you nor forsake the Savior from his pain and gladly. Will you walk the way of innocence together, singing as you behold the open door of heaven and recognize the home that called to you. Give joyously to one another the freedom and the strength to lead you there. And come before each other's holy altar where the strength and freedom wait to offer and receive the bright awareness that leads you home. The lamp is lit in both of you for one another, and by the hands that gave it to each other shall both of you be led past fear to love. Amen. Well, thank you, Lana.
0: And is there a new reader who would like to conclude with 15?
3: I can do it for morning. All right, let's go ahead. Your savior and your friend released from crucifixion
7: to your
3: patient and free to lead you now where he would be. He will not be you, nor forsake the savior from his pain. And gladly, you will walk the way of innocence together, singing as you behold the open door of heaven. And recognize the home they call to you. Give joyously to one another the freedom and the strength to lead you there. And come before each other's holy altar where the strength and freedom wait to offer and receive the bright awareness that leads you home. The lamp is lit in both of you for one another and by the hands that gave it to each other shall both of you be led past fear to love.
0: Well, thank you, Harrison. And that's taken us up to through the top of the hour. So, I ask everyone to give your attention to Fran as she leads us in the lesson for the day.
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Um, hi, everybody. <clears throat> we are on the second part of the workbook. And one, the theme that we're on is, what is forgiveness? And today we are on Lesson 223. God is my life. I have no life but His. I'll read a couple of paragraphs from what is forgiveness, and then we'll move over to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is forgiveness? An unforgiving thought is one which makes a judgment that it will not raise to doubt. Although it is not true, The mind is closed and will not be released. An unforgiving thought does many things. In frantic action, it pursues its goal, twisting and overturning what it sees as interfering with its chosen path. Distortion is its purpose and the means by which it would accomplish it as well. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. It offends no aspect of reality, nor seeks to twist it to appearance that it likes. It merely looks and waits and judges not. He who would not forgive must judge, for he must justify his failure to forgive. But he who would forgive himself must learn to walk in truth exactly as it is. Do nothing, then, and let forgiveness show you what to do through him, who is your guide, your savior, and your defender. Now we'll go over to our lesson. Lesson 223. God is my life. I have no life but his. I was mistaken when I thought I lived apart from God, a separate entity which moved in isolation, unattached, and housed within a body. Now I know my life is God's. I have no other home and I do not exist apart from him. Our Father, let us see the face of Christ instead of our mistakes. For we who are your holy son are sinless. We would look upon our sinlessness for guilt proclaims that we are not your son and we would not forget you longer. We are lonely here and long for heaven where we are at home. Today we would return. Our name is yours, and we acknowledge that we are your son. Lesson 223, God is my life. I have no life but his. We'll take our five-minute practice. Lesson two twenty three God is my life. I have no life but His. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Fran.
5: Thank you, Fran.
1: Thank you, guys.
4: Thank you, Fran. Thank you, God.
1: Amen. Thank you, friend.
3: Good morning. It's Harrison. Um. thing in many different ways. It's as if it knows how stubbornly I hold on to my ego identification. Um,
7: Jesus and the Holy
3: Spirit are patient. for as long as it takes,
7: I will
3: eventually come to the realization that God is my life. And I have no life but His. There is no equivocation there. There is no life but God. He tells me that in other places in the Course. What does it take for me to believe? Truly believe that God is my life. I have no life but his. I allow the world to distract me from knowing who exactly who I am. And I project an image of myself that has no reality and truth. You know me as Harrison. Jesus knows me as a son of God. I think of my life as being born, living, and eventually dying. Jesus thinks of my life as being born in the simple idea that I am. I am the Holy Son of God, as eternal as my Creator. God is my life. I have no life but is Rest in that, Harrison.
0: Thank you, Harrison. It's
2: beautiful,
1: Harrison.
4: Thanks, Thank
2: Thanks you. for your share, Harrison. Love, Love. you. Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. That's the truth. Thanks.
1: Holy purpose. Holy purpose. Holy purpose. I'm not on mute, am I? (laughs) I'm filled with joy today. This is Jude. Good morning, everybody. And I love this reading. I love the idea of having God and and Christ consciousness on the top, top, highest um, part of my the altar of my mind, and keeping that in my awareness because the purpose for this is the purpose for of which, from which, or for which I came um, to this planet, this crazy, insane planet, and the relief that I don't have to understand the insanity of it or understand how it's all going to be undone, but it's all being undone by my participation in practicing vision, practicing asking the Holy Spirit to assist me with Things that frighten me, things that make me afraid, unsure, doubtful. And in practicing that, I've noticed I don't even have to ask anymore. I don't judge. I don't evaluate. I don't compare. And I don't condemn. I just, those things fall away. My personal interpretation simply doesn't matter to me anymore. And I am free of it. It's joyful. It really is a joyful way to be. But the, the, the devotion that alters our devotions and that I want, I want to be happy and God's will for me is perfect happiness. I want my will to be in accord with and in, in attune with, in harmony with, in alignment with. I want my life to be all of those things with God. And everywhere I go, with vision, I see God's face. I see Christ's face. And so everything in that, that vision becomes simple, simple, simple and elegant. And I don't have to be affected by what my body's eyes perceive, other bodies doing or saying, or how, how um, interpretation disturbs my peace. I simply am peaceful. I am simply joyful that limitless release from judgment, the lifting of the veil, letting go of all that the Course has taught me about what kind of um, thinking is from the source of the ego and the difference between the ego's source of thinking and God's (laughs) gentle and tender, holy kind, holy loving, not disturbed by what the body's eyes see. Um, And just standing in the truth, and I'll finish with this, I love the reading part that Lori did, and I don't have my book in front of me, but um, where it says, to accept the truth and express it, to accept the truth of who I am, how God created me to be, his will for me, his purpose for me to join in unity and love and peace and happiness and to express that, express that by living it, living, living knowingly being that, that with a capital T, that which is oneness, wholeness, in complete peace and joy. And when I... When Lori read that line, and I thought, demonstrate you're not an ego. You know what the ego is, how it thinks, and how it would make you act. Demonstrate you're not an ego today, Jude. My life is God's. I have no other life. And his, his life for me is perfect joy, perfect peace, and perfect happiness. And I am complete. I'm so glad you're all here with me. Thank you. I love you. Have a joyful day. Oh, thank you, Judy. That was a beautiful share. Thank, thank you, Judy. 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 Lee. Thank, thank you, Judy. Judy. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. <laughs> That's a one
8: ask anymore. I still have to ask. And that's okay. I just have to remember to ask. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida.
1: Thank you, Ida. (laughs) That might not have been totally accurate. Because I pause. I pause when I'm agitated. That's what I call the holy instant. I learned to pause when agitated from being in the 12 step program. Pause when agitated. And I transferred that to learning from the course. The slightest irritation is the same as a murderous rage. And I thought, that's a powerful statement. Pause when agitated, pause when irritated. And that's just letting the truth come. Stop. Just stop what you're thinking. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> no need to ask. I already know. <laughs> Check. I'm complete.
0: Yes, Ida, ask and it shall be given. (laughs) Let no dark sign of crucifixion intervene between the journey and its purpose, between the acceptance of the truth of who you are and its expression. Added to who you are, but there you go.
6: Good morning, this is Sandra. Oh, were you done, Lemoine?
0: Yes, Sandra. please go ahead. Okay
6: um, i I loved what you said, Jude, about pausing when agitated because that's a tool for self-regulating. Instead of screaming my head off when I'm agitated or take picking up a gun and shooting somebody, you can you know, I can pause. For me the self regulation is God <laughs> um, when I think of god and and i and I think of how God sees me, it brings me great joy because God is the only one that I've experienced that sees me as whole and complete and perfect and beautiful and loving and and just sees me as divine and and God is telling me that He's, or he, she, whatever, sees me as divine and that it's my job to see my brothers and sisters as divine,
2: as of God.
6: And that's a stretch. But the more time I spend with my Creator, with studying the Course in Miracles, with prayer and meditation, the the more I know that God is my life. I have no life but his. And that's just the truth for me. Because I can't, I, you know, the way that I would self-regulate, well, Big Pharma's got a big handle on that because Big Pharma says, well, how about if I give you antidepressants, mood stabilizers, <laughs> all kinds of things to help me self-regulate. And yet it's messing with the chemistry in my brain and and. You know, God only knows what could happen. For me, the simplest and most direct way to self-regulate is to give my life to God every day. And trust and rely on God every day. And to let go of all fear every day. (laughs) And to know that I and my Father are one every day. And to see the innocence in myself and in my brothers every day. And to forgive myself and my brothers every
4: day. That's how I self regulate.
6: I'm complete.
4: Oh beautiful. Thank you so much.
1: That was great. Thank, Thank you, I- Sandra.
4: Thanks, Sandra.
8: Thank you. Thank you, Sandra.
1: Sandra, you made me think of, um, you know, that giving myself to God. Um, it's really letting go of my self-reliance. The course calls it magical thinking. You know that I I can think my way out of my problems when my my thinking is what made pro- problems of things. <laughs> and the insanity of that: a broken instrument can't fix a broken instrument. That's why letting go of thinking I know is really um, an easier, softer way of being, that I can trust that the Holy Spirit will guide me if I just relax and recognize who is actually in charge. There's one will of God, and it's happening for everybody. It's it's not a personal will, and the recognition of that... that that the interbeingness of everybody's highest is is god's concern and and how we're all interwoven in that light of love is 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 what the awakening is about to seeing the light in everything, and how something good's always coming our way, maybe not just like right here right now, but um, that it's apparent if, if it's if i'm going to stop there, I talk too much. Okay, I'm complete.
3: Thanks,
2: Jude. Hey. <laughs> it is cut? right here right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it so much. It is right here right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I that. okay. I'm done. I'm Go good.
1: ahead. Thanks, Robin Marie.
8: Wow, that's great. I um, want to know how. I want to do the things you do, um, Sandra, every day, like you said, every day, including today. Um, I'm not sure I'm totally, I've totally done all those things today, or, you know, affirmed all those things. Cause, uh, I feel kind of uncomfortable um, in myself uh with myself. So but I intend to do all those things every day and uh thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. This is Ida.
4: Thanks, Ida. Much love.
2: And it's that yeah, it's that little bit of willingness, right? We don't do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We just we just have that little bit of willingness and God sweeps us up. <laughs> yeah, okay,
8: that's good. Thank you.
4: I like when this, this lesson today, God is my life. I have no life but his. I love the singular focus that it brings about that there is no opposite to that. There is no opposite to life. We lay the body down, but life goes on. The leaves fall from the tree and turns into the soil, and life goes on. The water rises up and journeys through the earth, and life goes on. We are the life, and we journey. We journey in the mind of God. In the life that we truly are, and there is no beginning or end to our journey, except in how we enter into this. Oh my Lord! I think about Harris when saying, "I was given a name, I was given a character, I was given a personality," and all these have opposites. All these have both positive and negative values and affects my feelings of risings and lowerings where I think there's no life but the life I have with God. When I really meditate upon that singularity and feel the truth that that resonates within me, all those other things start to all away, and I realize that these are stories I've made up in my mind that I allowed me to be influenced by. Now I choose for the Holy Spirit to influence me in what the truth is about my brothers and sisters, and how I share that same truth with them and discover it for myself as I practice these lessons every day. So I give thanks for these moments of clarity and sometimes for few and far in between, but I do enjoy these times when we get these moments of non-dualistic reality, uh, opening up and experiencing the truth of who we truly are. Without Adam complete, thank you. Thank
1: you, thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles.
8: Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. You gave me a good idea about practicing the lessons every day. I'd practice it while I'm on the call, but I don't do it later. It seems like it takes a lot for me to, to do it every hour or whatever. But I experienced a lot yesterday because I got very, very depressed. And so I think that uh, that was a lot. And now I can practice lessons every day because I have more motivation now. Thank you. I'm complete.
4: Thank you, Rita. Thank you for being here and thank you for being willing.
8: Thank you, Charles. Thank you, for you it's
3: Harrison. The challenge for me is recognizing. And I have one life, and there is no other life. So the question is, Oops, that is a, I got it. I apologize. Well, thanks, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison.
8: Thank you, Harrison.
1: Hi guys, it's Jude again. I think this last review—you know—I've been practicing the course since 2006, and like you, I, I, um, you know, I began in 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 that total vigilance or earnestness, and it's a practice, a daily practice, and the, the ego is very resistant to letting go of its learning. And the unlearning... So the unlearning that the Holy Spirit enables in us the the, the surrendering of what I think I know and the um, surrendering of the fear um, that the ego has taught me protects me is a very strong resistance to overcome. And I think what really really helped me was to recognize fear when it came up and to be mindful to be mindful of 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 how i i was thinking to be aware of what this last review really really made clear to me that uh, awareness of idle thoughts uh, and idle thoughts being the identification of the body because all our fear is invested in our identification with the body. And so, um, you know, the pleasure and the pain and, and the fear of death and the fear of sickness, all those kinds of thoughts, which if you really pay attention, you'll find, as I found, are occupy my mind. I'm preoccupied with my personal sense of self. And it's in that relinquishment of that personal sense of self that makes room for God to just reveal himself. And that's when it becomes very easy. So the little willingness that I have to relinquish egoic thinking, fearful thinking, and go go to loving myself. You know, true love from God will heal any anything, anything at all, and I know this. I know this from my heart of hearts, that it it's the devotion to God, to love itself, that frees me, frees me from everything that might trouble, hurt me or make me afraid. And I don't know, it's strange the way it works, but um, I know that, you know, I was a real and still can be a real think-I-know kind of a girl, that learning, learning, worldly kind of learning, was very deeply ingrained in me, that learning was something that would make me successful, worthy of pride, and um, capable of earning and money and being successful. And, you know, my whole sense of egoic self was invested in learning that way. And, the unlearning is the exact opposite of that. And recognizing that, that it's really a process of surrendering my thinking, just letting go of all the beliefs that I've learned and everything that I think I know, and resting in peace, that tranquil, still mind that is no small gift. I learn to value, value peace above and beyond anything else and recognizing that peace was a condition, a prerequisite for for God to know me and for me to know God intimately. And that was that was when things started to come a lot more easily. And it became like a walk in the park, just the way the text speaks of it. So so be it. And so it is. I'm complete.
8: Thank you, Jude. I know what you mean. Because I grew up, I was very proud, very, very proud of my, secretly proud, right, of my intelligence. And now I think that didn't do me much good in a spiritual way. It was good for my ego, but that's not, strengthening my ego would not helpful to spirituality. <laughs> So it really worked against me, the fact that I knew so much and I read so many books and I, you know, yada, 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 right? So um, I don't read a lot of books anymore. And even if I buy a book, I have a hard time getting through it. You know, nonfiction, that's what I'm talking about. You know, to inform me of something that's gone on in this planet or the real truth about something that's gone on on this planet and stuff like that, which I was interested in. I was interested in secrets. You know, things that not everybody knew. It's all alright, but like I said, it only strengthened my ego. It did not give me, really give me more divine love, except for maybe a few spiritual books that I read, like that of Leo Russell and, of course, The Course. So I'm just confessing this now so that I can um, let go of it and uh, and and want you to know that I realized that it didn't help me. Anything it hurt me, but you can't really be hurt. In reality, your your true self is always perfect. Is always in and with God. So that's a good thing to for me to remember as well. Thank you. I'm comp- Thank
1: you, Ida.
8: Thank
3: you, Ida. You describe what a lot of us are going through. Thank you. Sorry about my abrupt hair. My wife is out of so the refrigerator broke. I'm not sure there's a connection between the two. Um, But this idea of one life, God is my life. And I have no life but His. So for me, this is about accepting the one life that I share with God and recognizing that this life of broken refrigerators past cause um, everything having to do with what my bodily senses are telling me. It's that's that's the the challenge it is Accepting my life with God, which is a life of peace, joy, and happiness. Now, that may sound unrealistic, but that's Jesus' promise to us in the course. That if we, if and when, we accept that God is my life. That's the life, the only life I have. There's no other. And when I accept that God is my life, and that's my only life. Then things like broken picture of lips represents an illusion of the life of my life. It's an illusion that I have created. It's a product of the ego thought system of separation. That's all of it is. And when I can get to the point of separating myself from my bodily life, and not focus on what seems to be happening. Broken refrigerator, (laughs) or a damaged car, or relationship, or broken or damaged relationship between bodies. When I can look on all of that, look on death, disease, uh, conflict, and recognize that that's not as God created. That's not what God created. That's not my life. That's a life I Created apart from God. And I can let it go. There lies the challenge. How do I let go of this life that from now on I'll pull my life broken and <laughs> and recognize that? The only life I have, my life, is the life I share with God. And that life is filled with joy and peace and happiness and eternal life. That's the life I want to reflect. I'm complete. I promise that will be my last share.
1: Thank you, Harrison. I'm glad you could come back for
6: that. Thanks, Harrison.
0: Thanks, Harrison.
6: This is Sondra again, really quick. and. This one's for you, Ida. (laughs) I have just found that the more time I spend with God, the more I feel God's love. And I've started, I I started doing it in mundane ways. (laughs) Um, I found that in order for me to keep myself sane, I had to walk every day. I had to do some form of physical exercise because otherwise my mind went crazy and this is all about mind training, so for me, physical exercise helps me train my mind um, and so I started to use when I would take a walk, I would do the exercise <laughs> the lesson for the day and repeat you know over and over again, repeat it, so I just sort of incorporated god it was it 's about incorporating God into my life to the point where God becomes my life. And that's exactly how I did it. I just you know, whether it's just praying over your food or simple things where you just keep incorporating God. When I start the lawnmower I always call on Holy Spirit <laughs> because because I can't start that lawnmower without Holy Spirit. So it's just So the bottom line is the more time and energy I put in focusing on God, the more I feel the love of God and it and it sustains me. I'm complete.
1: That was beautiful, Sandra. Beautiful example.
8: Yes. Thank you, Sandra. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Sandra.
0: Thanks, Sandra. Yeah, really, thank you, Sandra. That created a little shift here. Um, (laughs) I thought to do a little, try and do a little recap of the reading. But um, I think I'm going to read a short selection from A Course of Love. And uh, I think this this is, speaks to what Sandra was saying—the love of God—that um, uh, each of us is a child of God, and so love of God is the love of God is the love of self with a capital S. And that's the way it's written in this um, paragraph 2 of day 12. It's a little uh, exercise, but it attempts to correct our vision. <laughs> so it goes like this Imagine the air around you being visible, and your form an invisible space within the visible surrounding. This is the reality of Christ consciousness. Consciousness may seem to be embodied by form, but the reverse is true and has always been true. The body is now ready to know that it is embodied, enclosed, surrounded, taken up by consciousness. It is your feelings that now will be the sense organs of this spaciousness. Not feelings of sight or sound, smell or touch, but feelings of love of self or love of God. Feelings of love of self are now what hold open the space of the self, allowing the space to be. And I just wanna add one thing. You all have infinite slack. <laughs> Relax and uh open up. Thanks for being here. I'm <laughs> complete.
1: Thank you, LeMoyne. That was just perfect. Thanks, LeMoyne.
6: Thank you,
2: LeMoyne.
7: and I was wondering if that was the end to the call. Was that the closing for the call that LeMoyne just read? Um, anyway, no. I didn't want to start talking. Uh, oh, okay, then. Well, I just wanted to say still thank going you. The
0: and, and the call will go for a while after that.
7: Okay. I, it just seems like you were doing the final reading. That's what I was... I mean, and feel free also to do the recap if you feel up to it because that would be great too. But um, I just wanted to say thank you for reviewing those obstacles to peace yesterday because uh, I met this night. And it's just another way of saying what Harrison was saying earlier is that the course just repeats things over and over in a different, in a slightly different language. Um, So we can see it from all sides because the obstacles to peace are really just ways that the ego persuades us or um, fools us or whatever into identifying with it. You know, whether it's that we want the excitement of the chaos of the world or we want to engage in the challenges of the world, which would be like not wanting peace or the fear of God or the attraction to death. I thought the attraction to death was particularly meaningful because death being like a way out of this whole painful situation of being in the world and being alive. And it's so true that there is no other way but the peace of God. The only way out is the peace of God. The only way out is... Re, um, returning home to our true selves. Anyway, I just wanted to express my gratitude for the review and, remind what you were sharing yesterday, too, about the relationship with God. That was very insightful. And uh, sometimes I feel when I share that I get a backlash of somebody's responding to me other than Lemoyne and um, Lori and I would just like to ask that that not happen because you know I'm trying to only offer lilies but I've got a part of me that's really out of control And um, anyway I would appreciate it if that would not be crosstalk, you know like yesterday Chris said oh this is for uh, this is in regard to Judy's response to Karen <laughs> was like, oh. So anyway, um, thank you, and I would love to hear a recap if you fill up to it on today's reading. I'm complete.
1: That was really, really helpful, and uh, a wonderful share, Karen.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Karen, you're a sweetheart. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, thanks, Karen. I think one thing that I know I didn't include yesterday and I can see it behind what I just read from Course of Love is that uh, another way to say that final obstacle, the fear of God, is the fear of release. Okay. It's that final letting go of self any any wish to scare myself for my personal thing, it's any wish to scare myself anymore. Which is, you know, what the it's that head of the pin that a million egos dance on. Is the wish to uh, to see fear, the wish to define uh, the world, when it's like already everywhere, and as I'm pretty sure Donna it may have, Donna or someone has said from this call, everything everywhere is already all right. And uh, yeah, and I appreciate your, what you said, uh Karen, because that's what the reading instructs is to offer Lily, not thorn. and uh well oh, <laughs> well, there went they went my computer, so uh, let me get the book for the recap, um. So, um, I just always have to start with the introduction, and I want to point out, he makes the point at least once in this book, Christmas is not a time, but a state of mind, I think the same is true for Palm Sunday, so the introduction begins, so Palm Sunday is not a time, but a state of mind, and uh, the introduction begins. This is Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory and the acceptance of the truth. Let us not spend this holy week brooding on the crucifixion of God's Son, but happily in the celebration of his release. For Easter is the sign of peace, not pain. A a slain Christ has no meaning, but a risen Christ becomes the symbol of the Son of God's forgiveness of himself the sign he looks upon himself as healed and whole In the next sentence this week begins with palms and ends with lilies the white and holy sign the Son of God is innocent Let's get into. Section three, where he talks of, and uh, I, I see this book as not just the channeling of Jesus the man, but Jesus the Christ, and uh, you know he was first that the that he was first is is just uh, an indication that others will follow, and that's really all he has is for others to follow and so um I think you know when he says "I and me, he's speaking as the Christ, which I see as the as the creative force you know the cre it's, it's all of life, but it's in all of life because it's, it's creation. It's what to do with the freedom we're given. So from paragraph 8, I have great need for lilies, for the Son of God has not forgiven me. For he who offers thorns to anyone is against me still, and and yet who is whole without him? Be you his friend for me, that I may be forgiven, and you may look upon the Son of God as whole. You still look with the body's eyes, and they can see but thorns, yet you have asked for and received another sight. Those who accept the Holy Spirit's purpose as their own share also his vision, and what enables him to see his purpose shine forth from every altar now is yours as well as his. He sees no thorns, but only lilies gleaming in the gentle glow of peace that shines on everything he looks upon and loves. This Easter look with different eyes upon each other. You have forgiven me. And yet I cannot use your gift of lilies while you see them not. Nor can you use what I have given unless you share it. The Holy Spirit's vision is no idle gift, no plaything to be tossed about a while and laid aside. Listen and hear this carefully, nor think it but a dream. You have the vision now to look past all illusion. It has been given you to see no thorns, no strangers, and no obstacles to peace. The fear of God is nothing to you now. Who is afraid to look upon illusions Knowing his Savior stands, i change this word, inside him. With him, your vision has become the greatest power for the undoing of illusion that God himself could give. For what God gave the Holy Spirit, you have received. The Son of God looks unto you for his release, for you have asked for and been given the strength to look upon this final obstacle, and see no thorns nor nails to crucify the Son of God. Your chosen home is on the other side, beyond the veil. Your home has called to you since time began, nor have you ever failed entirely to hear. You heard, but knew not how to look, nor where. And now you know. The song of Easter is the glad refrain, the Son of God was never crucified. Let us lift up our eyes together, not in fear, but faith. And there will be no fear in us, for in our vision will be no illusion, only a pathway to the Always open door of heaven, this home we share in quietness where we live in gentleness and peace as one together. And just a little bit more. That was 10, 11, 12. Uh, a little bit from 14. This is the way to heaven and to the peace of Easter in which we join in glad awareness that the Son of God is risen from the past and has awakened to the present. Now is he free, unlimited in his communion with all that is within him. Now are the lilies of innocence untouched by guilt and perfectly protected from cold, chill of fear, and withering blight of sin alike. Your gift has saved him from the thorns and nails, and his strong arm is free to guide you safely through them and beyond. Walk with him now rejoicing, for the Savior from illusion has come to greet you and lead you home with him. Now... Up there. (laughs) Thank
7: you, Lamoy. That was so encompassing. Thank you very much. Yeah, wow. Wow, wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for returning to it, you know, refreshing my mind to all that was said. Very grateful for that. Thank you, Lamoy. Thank you, Lamoy.
3: Thank you, LeMoyne.
0: Well, you're all welcome, and thanks for calling it out, Karen, calling me out there. Um, Laurie, do you have a one of your lovely poetic closes for this call?
1: Um, well, speaking of poetry, you probably all are aware that Every single lesson um, in the, this part of the workbook is poetry, iambic pentameter, as are many in the first part of the workbook. And the one I'm loving this this morning, the gift of this section, Christ's vision. That vision that occurs when the final obstacle, my belief in sin, is gone, uh, is most perfectly reflected to my mind. In Lesson 159, I give the miracles I have received. A couple of paragraphs in that say, you understand you are healed when you give healing. You accept forgiveness as accomplished in yourself when you forgive. You recognize your brother as yourself, and thus you perceive you are whole. There is no miracle you cannot give, for all are given you. Receive them now by opening the storehouse of your mind, where they are laid and giving them away. Christ's vision is a miracle. It comes from far beyond itself, for it reflects eternal love and the rebirth of love, which never tied, but has been kept obscure. Christ's vision pictures heaven, for it sees a world so like to heaven that what God created perfect can be mirrored there the darkened and glass the world presents can show but twisted images and broken parts the real world pictures heaven's innocence Christ's vision is the miracle in which all miracles are born it is their source remaining with each miracle you give and yet remaining yours it is the bond by which giver and receiver are united in extension here on earth as they are one in heaven christ beholds no sin in anyone and in his sight the sinless are as one their holiness was given by his father and himself christ's vision is the bridge between the worlds and in his power you can safely trust to carry you from this world one made holy by forgiveness this is the Holy Spirit's single gift the treasure house to which you can appeal with perfect certainty appeal with perfect certainty for everything that can contribute to your happiness all are laid there already all can be received but for the asking here the door is never locked and no one is denied his least request or his most urgent urgent need. There's no sickness not already healed, no lack unsatisfied, no need unmet within this golden treasury of Christ. And to place a perfect touchstone on that. I'm reading now from Course of Love, day one. Paragraph 17. Your desire to know me has grown as you have read these words and given and grown closer to your capital self, your one self. This is because we are one. To know me is to know your one self. Thank God for our holy brother who shows us the way to sinlessness and the perfect innocence that is the eternal gift of God to His Son. Amen. Thank you, Laurie. So
5: beautiful.
3: Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie.
8: Yes, it was very beautiful. Thank you, Laurie.
0: Thank you, Laurie.
6: Thanks, Lori. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks, one. <laughs> Micah used to say, by self.
0: <laughs> okay, well, um, I'm going to end the recording, but the call will continue. Uh, Thank you all who are here reading, listening, and those who listen to it later. Have a wonderful day.